welcome to the blank space where we just fill it in with something what are we filling it in with today drew i don't know you wouldn't tell me oh that's that's right because you don't have fun i showed up and he was just like please please just record with me i'm like all right fine whatever what are we talking about today it's a secret you're not allowed to know all right fine and fine what Let's reverse the question. Ed, what are we talking about today? All right, well, fine. I guess I'm in charge now. Uh, well, so one thing is, I am excited that I ha- got the chance to experience the joy that is PAX Unplugged. So just for those that don't know what it is, PAX Unplugged is this huge board game convention on the East Coast. I'll throw a little thing uh, somewhere for people to find it. Whether you find it, though, that's another question. It's on his MySpace. The most topical topical of uh, stuff there, my dude. It's on his live journal. What it, is? Wait, what is live journal? I don't know that one. It's on his. Oh shoot! What was the site? What were the sites called? Was it like Geo Sites or whatever it was? What was the site back in the day where you could make? I'm getting off topic. Are you talking about geocaching? Like, no, what are you, no, no, what are you no, talking no, no, about? No, no, no. There was a thing. There was a thing. WordPress. It, it was the Squarespace of like the early, the late nineties, early two thousands. It was called like Geo GeoCities. That's what it was called. So okay. So yeah. Long story short, Live Journal was basically just a blogging site. You basically just wrote about your life or whatever you wanted to write about on there. Okay. GeoCities was an easy way to make websites, but. But we were talking about PAX Unplugged. I went off on a tangent. Tell me. You did, and I enjoyed that tangent, but we're going to go away from it now. Oh. <laughs> Tell me about PAX Unplugged. PAX Unplugged. I don't even know how to dis- describe it well. Uh, for me, I enjoy going out to these types of conventions just because you get a good chance to enjoy a great time with your friends, meet new people, and just see what what people think is a great idea and sometimes they're bad ideas i'm not gonna lie it sounds like you're selling someone on a business idea right now <laughs> okay so you gotta got listen, it's a place you got listen that you to can me go with your friends to discover great ideas <laughs> is it a ted talk what uh, possible what is a pax can i can, can i can i buy it on the open market uh no a pax you cannot buy on the open market uh I, I mean, the best way I can describe this convention is one interaction I had. I had met somebody who was dressed up as Bob Ross, you know, the painter guy, who then showed me how to play Bob Ross, the board game. What? Okay, well, well one, I'm not, conf- I'm not, I'm not like, I guess I'm not surprised because like I'm looking at it like, Everything has a board game these days. I went to Target the other day and I saw that there was a board game not only for Black Mirror, the TV show. There was also a board game for um, uh, Kenny G, like the musician. That what? that ended up being a gift for someone. You know, Kenny G, like Careless Whisper, like that one. That was my perfect. Too much of that. That that'll copyright strike us. That that was my pitch perfect impression of a kenny g song honestly man it moved my soul what is what is a bob ross 
board game look like? Okay, so it is... They have this easel where you have to try and... You get these random assortment of paintings. And you have to, like... And you have to get the right colors drawn via cards. Like, you draw cards that are colors and tools that have color, a color and a tool on the card. And you have to try and strategically pick out, am I going to go for this part of the painting or that part of the painting? And to complete it, I'm going to need a certain tool. So instead of using the color, I'll use the tool side of the card instead. So that's how you gain points in the game. Huh. So it's, so, so it's like a puzzle game, or is it more like a strategy game? It's a bit of a puzzle game, bit of a strategy game, and you get multiple paintings to do. Certain parts are worth more points, some are worth less points. Some, uh, you actually lose a chance to paint because you guys have taken too long, and but the, the board game itself paints it before you do. Hmm. So it's like so it's like you're kind of going against Bob Ross. It's a competition with Bob Ross. <laughs> I was trying to so. formulate the words in my head to like articulate how I'm feeling. Something feels weird about a competitive board game that that is themed around Bob Ross. Something feels weird I, about that. Oh, I 100% agree with you. Uh but I will say this. The man dressed as Bob Ross with the Bob Ross fro uh, t- kind of sold me though. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Like he he was the best booth babe <laughs> that, <laughs> that that board game could have had, and it just worked. <laughs> That's a word I've not heard in a very long time. Oh my! God. I mean, honestly, he was just he was actually just somebody that uh, was at the convention. He wasn't selling the game. He just owned it and was having fun with it. But that's kind of, that's a little the fun of the convention itself. You just have a bunch of passionate people that enjoy these type of games. And it's kind of fun to see what people enjoy. Yeah. And while, like, I didn't go this year, the one year I did go, that was kind of the fun of it. Like, I experienced board games that I never would have even looked at. Otherwise, I remember, to this day, it's still on my Amazon wish list. There's an Orcs Must Die board game that I had so much fun playing. Unfortunately, it's a miniatures game, so it costs, like, base $200. So I'm like, ah, you know what, let me let me skip on that. But I remember having a lot of fun with it, and, like, maybe one day when I'm a millionaire, I'll own that game. But in the meantime, yeah. like, yeah, there was that game. There was a game about, like, um, it was called, like, Blank Mary Kill, which was, like, the blank part was interchangeable with a bunch of different words, and you all had to guess the other person's, like, what that would be. It was a lot of fun. There was a lot of cool stuff there. I, it It's definitely a convention feel. You walk up and down to different booths. There's, there's people there, but there's plenty of community around you to, like, have you experienced all of this stuff? If you ever wanted to play a game, a quick game of Dungeons and Dragons, there are semi-professional people there who are willing to show you the ropes and have you play through a small campaign. Uh, there are yeah. t- there are tons of people who are just playing board games everywhere and just will like uh, like let you in to like play whatever you want as long as you kind of know what you're doing. Like it, it, it 
it seems like a really great event. This year, they rented out the entire convention center. Ooh, nice. So you, I've never seen the entire convention center rented out before, and that is a long, long room. Yeah, right? Like, it, like <laughs> I remember when I went, it was only like one or two rooms of it, and it was just like, well, all right, this is a... Uh, this is very, very, very large. I mean, like half of it, at least half, is just going to um, the open room. Like literally the room where they just have board game library for you to rent out library. I mean, uh, rent out board games. It's great. How, how did you feel about like attendance? Do you feel like it was like, I mean, have you gone the three years it's been going on or just the, how long have you been uh... going I've been going, I've been only been to one other one, and that was the first one. Okay, cool. How do you feel like it compares and to that one? It is much bigger. Uh, I had more time to enjoy it this time since I was able to go for two days instead of just the one Ooh. on Sunday. And yeah, it definitely felt there was like there was more there. It, it felt like uh, there was a lot more to enjoy. And also... One thing you can't forget about these places is just how many shopping opportunities there are. Yeah, sure. Uh, I know you're talking about the $200 board game that you found. <laughs> they sell at this convention. They have a carpenter group or something along those lines that makes, like, these $3,500 da- tables that are, like, custom mm-hmm. board gaming tables and such. Yeah, what's the company cool. that makes all the dice towers? Oh, it's wood something. I mean, that's probably fair. It's, uh... I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. That's the one that I remember specifically being like, I am I am not rich enough to afford any of this. This is all quality <laughs> material, and I can't afford any of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the good thing is, is that you know we're 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 uh, getting some some decent you know flow through now. We we have a chance to save up for that nonsense, and uh, mm-hmm. it may or may not be happening. But hey. Who knows? Yeah, I mean the games that I the games that I bought from the one time I went, I still really like. Like, I, it's not like I bought them and just kind of like set them off to the side. The one mm-hmm. I picked up there was uh, the Scott Pilgrim card game, and like that's such a fun little game to like break out. And while it's a little, it's a little intricate to describe to somebody how to play. Once you get started, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, how about- I know the one I picked up was uh, Clask which was that magnetic air hockey game. And that's something I can get anybody to play or having a great time with. Yeah, I mean, it's literally just air hockey. But it's like the size of a laptop. So you can easily care. Well, not easily, but it's more portable than air hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? Do you, have you picked up anything else? This time around, I p- picked up a game called Red Flags. What's that about? Which is this card game where you get to randomly treat, pick the traits of a partner that the judge is looking for. So you get two, you get, I think it's like two good traits, one bad trait, and you got to try and convince the judge why your person is the better person to go out <laughs> with. So like they could be somebody that's an airline pilot who also is a stalker. All good traits, all good traits. Right, and th- honestly, they 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 put some uh, pretty not safe for work uh, uh, cards in there. I, I learned I learned that the hard way when I brought it to work. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, 
and uh, realized that I had to shut the door before we played that. Uh, not bringing that to work again. I I almost did that too one time. So I own two games kind of like that. Games basically where like it's a free form kind of game where like you just get like these parameters and you just kind of work with it. The one is mm-hmm. uh, Snake Oil, which is all about just getting these absurd products that you have to sell to someone. It's like um, Baby Parachute or something like that. Uh, like, oh God, what's, what's, that? what's another one that we had that was really good? It was like wireless, uh, wireless HDMI cable or something like that. I don't remember. I don't remember all the specifics, but it's, it was just basically products you had to sell to someone, even though it was the most ridiculous thing possible. And the other thing mm-hmm. was Fun Employed. Which I, I think you've played once, Ant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I've, I've, I've played the Snake Oil sale, Salesman one at least once. Yeah, yeah, I forget. I think you were hanging out that one time. Um, yeah, the mm-hmm. Fun Employed one is just basically you are applying for a job and you have these, like, four traits in front of you. And you need to use all of them to sell yourself as, like, the best candidate for this job. And it's so much fun. And I wanted mm-hmm. to bring it into work so badly but there's no way that the people at my work would, like, be on board with it a <laughs> lot. Like, some of them might actually be really into it, and some of them would just be like, eh, I don't know about this. I'm lucky I got a pretty good group of people around at work that can at least uh, steal for some sort of thing on their lunch break. You steal people? Sometimes. I mean, they did say yes, so Nine, it's not technically stealing. One, but if they, but one. if they're easy to make, say yes, hmm. does that still count as stealing? Hmm. In the eyes of law, yes. Okay. That sounds like fun, though. Okay, with it, this it, it sounds like a lot of fun. We're gonna have to play it sometime. I, uh, I actually really do like that as a concept. Red flags. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, let's pick it up sometime. We'll, re- sure. we'll report back now, when we eventually play it. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing I actually enjoyed at PAX Unplugged was a few of the panels they had. Uh, one was about different sort of, like, uh, what role-playing games are good to play, uh, like D&D or whatever, and, you know, how, how should you stick with the system or not stick with the system. But the one I really enjoyed was the one that was about speeding up gameplay. Hmm. So what they had gone over was what are all the different things that make a game go faster? How much of just picking up a game faster is the player's fault, the game's fault, and how much is it worth in relation to how much fun you guys are having? Hmm. And a few of the stuff they went over with it was just how intuitive is it for somebody just to pick up a board game? Like, how intuitive is it for somebody to do an action? How familiar is that with other board games that you have played? This is something like a king being, you know, one of the top things on a battlefield where you make it a pawn in your board game for some reason. So what are those natural things that you know, that either through play or through, you know, your own natural human knowledge are easier for you to pick up? Kind of the the, the easy le- uh, entry level kind of stuff. It's a little bit of that, 
it's a little bit of understanding how many can you actually make a game less fun because you're drowning players in choice yeah i uh i i definitely see this with a lot of board games that i play where Mm -hmm. it's hard to onboard people with it because the the possibilities for you to play the the possibilities of what you can do within like your first turn or something like that are a bit overwhelming and Mm -hmm. there's a strategy to a lot of these games of like when you should be doing something but as a new player you don't know the, the the like meta side of things or anything like that it's it's an interesting study to see like what what board games do it well and which board games do it poorly but not based mm-hmm. on the board game's quality. Like, some of my favorite board games are not easy to explain in any way, shape, or form. But mm-hmm. they, the game, the minute-to-minute gameplay of it all is just so engrossing. It's so much fun. Well, what would you say is a good example of, of this and a bad example of this? Well, if you want to be really simple, a good example of this is Checkers. It's very easy for somebody to pick up. It's very easy for somebody to play. Hmm. Same thing with uh, a game like Catan. I think is relatively easy to, for people to learn. It's not, you don't have too many move sets that make you go all over the place, and it's relatively easy to explain. All you have to do is you only have so many actions to do. Actually, I feel the best game for this is Splendor, because re- quite recently I was just able to show one of my friends this game and his dad happened to be nearby. I was like, hey, do you want to give it a shot too? The guy picked it up in one game. Hmm. So it's something that has very limited move sets, but they're meaningful move sets. There's only so- you can build towards different things, but those are things are easy to pick up after a game. Hmm. Now, I feel like a bad example is Monopoly. Yeah. (laughs) There are so many things that make Monopoly not fun to play. Like, for instance, there's a point where you get to in that game where everybody knows somebody has won, but you can't really do anything about it, but the game's not over yet. And usually it's not over for quite a while. Yeah, so it's just about running it through until, you know, you've just people just hate you i don't want to hijack this conversation because it's a good conversation can it say monopoly is kind of a bad board game oh it definitely is i that was actually that was a point of the that was one of the points of the talk (laughs) for, for a game that it feels like every single person in the world has had in their household and has played it's just not i don't know i don't know how the like design of it kind of works because it feels like a game that drags even when you're winning yeah like it never that is fe- kind of the issue yeah it never feels like there you're are... like closing in on a victory it doesn't feel like you're progressing towards it it's just kind of like i don't know the swing of the universe just kind of happens in that direction that was one of the points actually one of the points is are does your game get to a point where people are just waiting for you to win so something to solve that would be like after a certain amount of turns, the game just ends. Yeah, like setting a time limit or something like that. I think they've mm-hmm. tried to do that in modern iterations of Monopoly. Like, I feel like they've tried that a couple of times to be like, this game 
can take anywhere from half an hour to 16 hours. Like, Twilight Imperium doesn't hold a candle to how long Monopoly games can run. But it's one of those things that's like, who's having fun with it? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Off of, off of Monopoly. I, I've said my controversial opinion for the podcast. <laughs> so, like, I, I definitely think those are good examples, though. Splendor in particular, like, I owned a copy of Splendor for such a long, long time and mm-hmm. never sat down to really learn how to play it. And then one day when you came over, you just kind of taught me and it just clicked. Like, I knew what I was doing. And sure, my first game, I was still like, feeling it out but like i knew what my goal was and i was working towards that goal yeah i know it's actually been kind of annoying me a little bit uh every time i've taught the game recently uh somebody has beat me uh, every single time and it's kind of making me wonder man my strategies they're just not working no more mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to pick up new strats new high-end strats mm-hmm. but yeah that that is something that's kind of uh good to look for in a game how easy is it to pick up and another interesting thing that they brought up during the talk was something called heuristics which is essentially what what is the how does somebody naturally pick up something or how does somebody intuitively know something it's kind of think of somebody throwing a ball at you and you're able to track the ball coming straight to you Hmm. right but if you if somebody throws a ball to somebody else, you can't follow it. You know, you only know that thing is caught when that person catches it or was going to that person when they catch it. So it's kind of like hacking those inner human things that we naturally do or easy for us to understand. Is that kind of very interesting? It got, it got me thinking to not just how all this applies to games but how this can easily transfer over to the professional world as well. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it, it's, so, it's 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 interesting to see in a board game sense, in a video game sense, in like a life sense, how do people learn and how do people like catch on to an idea? Cuz mm-hmm. like back to the example of uh, people learning board games there are plenty of times where you could teach someone, you could sit down and teach someone how to play D and D, but teaching them is almost half the battle. Like teaching yes. them how to not not only how to play, but like how to enjoy what they're doing is kind of half the battle of it. Um, I'm sure you've had plenty of examples of people joining D and D games and like. And, like, having a great time because, like, they, they really clicked with the idea of role-playing this character or or being in mm-hmm. this kind of fantasy setting. Yeah. For sure. There's definitely been a few times. Uh, anytime I've introduced D&D to somebody new, they've always enjoyed it. It didn't matter, really, what their background was, whether they played board games before or not played board games before. They've always had a great time with it. But uh, I feel like there's a bit of buy-in that has to come come with it as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I th- I feel that it's something that it's kind of though it's mechanically it's a little hard to understand at first. The concept is very easy to understand, so that's what makes D and D easy to pick up. Because mm-hmm. you're basically just adventuring with a bunch of your friends and seeing what happens with it while trying to make interesting decisions. I mean, that's that's the easiest way I can break it down. 
Yeah, and I mean, people learning how to play a game always feels like kind of an uphill battle, but in the best circumstances, in the best kind of designed games, it's almost like second nature. It's almost like the people like want to learn how to do this. I think my favorite example is I really like the Battlestar Galactica board game. Okay. I would not describe that as an easy beginner board game to introduce people to. But how I try and sell people on it is the core concept of the game, which is you are the last remaining people on Earth in a spaceship after Earth has been destroyed, and you need to get to a new planet to colonize it. And along the way, you're going to hit a lot of problems, and you need to fight through those problems to get to the final planet. Also, side note, some of your teammates are actively working against you. (laughs) Figure it out. And that sells people on the game. And then while they're learning the game, like, like, I'm gonna hit the, I'm gonna hit this nail until it's like in the wood and then through the wood. Um, Battlestar Galactica, the board game, is not an easy game to learn. But when you start playing it, it starts to click what you should be doing because as problems arise, you you deal with them. And I feel like that's part of the learning experience for it. Yeah, and I I feel like uh you, I think you you sold me. I've already played it. I was sold already, <laughs> but you sold me again. <laughs> I haven't broken out that game in a very long while. That game needs to get, I need to dust that game off. We need to play it. I need to get the expansions, but man, I missed out on them. I mean, this mm-hmm. game was printed like 10 years ago. This is not a recent game. And there was instances in the past where I could have picked up the expansions, but uh no no such luck. So, we'll see. Man, one day soon I'll try and break it out again. Um, gotcha, gotcha. How do you feel about games... How do you feel about games that sound really interesting, but turn people off almost immediately with kind of its core concept? Oh, you mean like, uh, what is it, photosynthesis? I don't think I've heard of that one, actually. I was thinking of a different okay, example, but you tell me about that first. Okay, so it's basically this game sounds boring as anything. <laughs> it's literally a game where you try and put your tree, tre- you try and make your trees grow. That core concept sounds boring as anything, though in reality, what it is is you're trying to you're trying to place your trees better than all the other people with their own trees. I mean, honestly, that really didn't make it sound too much better, but (laughs) (laughs) it's a concept that sounds boring. I've seen people have fun with it. Like they had, they had smiling faces when playing it. (laughs) That's, that's, I guess a way you could describe it. They, they were smiling while playing it. Um, But I, I don't, I don't think I could convince somebody that's never played board games before to even give that a shot that's that's such a poor concept but apparently enough people buy it i'm definitely an outlier because i would be very very interested to see how that works not even necessarily you sold me on it on like sounding fun but like i love game concepts that don't sound like game concepts like i i love the idea of like a board game that doesn't sound like it should work at all but people like like something like splendor Splendor is a game about making jewelry, and immediately I think of, like, back in the 90s when they would sell, like, 
girls toys that were like oh bedazzle your thing and i'm like oh my god is this what it is and i play it i'm like no this is not what it is at all um i know the example i think of is um uh what's it called what you got show me what you got it's it's um the heroes game um the one where you play different like superheroes Whoa, that is such a uh, wide description. I know exactly what game you're talking about. It's it's called Oblivion, the the, the expansion, but it's, um, hold on. Oblivion. It is for, nope, that's a, that is a, that is a metal band. What? Right now, right now it sounds like you're trying to not copyright an Elder Scrolls game. So I, I'm not really sure where you're going with this. I all right. to, exp, explain the concept to me. So the whole what, what so you the got? whole concept of the of the base board game. You've you've played this game before. I know you have. I just can't think of the name right now. Um, okay, it's you play different superheroes that are dealing with superhero plots. Like supervillain shows up and threatens to destroy the city. You need to destroy him. Um, you're playing a, a super uh, Superman type and rat king shows up and he threatens to destroy the entire city deal with his deal with his rats and kill him um like that kind okay of thing. i i know what you're talking about now i have played this i don't i have no idea what the name is yeah i'm trying to remember oh. I'm, I'm, I'm i'm like actively looking it up as i'm talking but um but the the okay sentinels of the multiverse there we go why i've played this game so many times why is it hard for me to remember sentinels of the multiverse oh, sentinels okay. yeah, yeah yeah it's it's a very fun game, um, and each expansion they've done more interesting things with it. Like at one point, you could play villains reformed as heroes. Like they they gave up their villainous ways and went back to being went to go be heroes. Um, there are other mm-hmm. ones where like the villain is some big cosmic entity, and you need a lot of people to you need a a, a lot of planning to deal with them. Um, but they released okay. an expansion recently, which is one that I'm struggling to like. I'm struggling to like think how they could really sell someone on it, and okay. that's Oblivion, which is their big end game like expansion. Like this is the this is the game to end all games. You're fighting like you rip up your cards when they die. I, like <laughs> what, what do you? No, we're not talking about <laughs> pande- like a pandemic or whatever it's called. The uh, what's that one called? pandemic legacy we're not talking about that we're like you're playing a a bird a, a, a temporary board game no it's um in this one you're fighting this huge cosmic entity and to defeat him you need to fight like mini bosses and to fight through different like different minions and to do all these things and the board game on average takes about eight hours to play ouch yeah it is not a short game in any way, shape, or form. Now, if you know what you're doing, you can cut down on that time. But we're talking like the first five times you play it. It's a long. It's a. It's a. It's a. That is a commitment. That is a. That is a part-time job. Yeah. So, I. It's interesting because the concept sounds interesting. Like the idea of like you fighting your way through multiple dimensions and multiple bosses to finally get to this one big end boss to fight him. It's interesting. But 
as soon as you mentioned the time frame that you play this game, it's almost gone. It's almost out the window. Yeah, that is that is not my idea of a great time. Yeah. Like, like you can convince me to do like an eight hour game once, and that's like we did it for the year. <laughs> I mean, we did that. We played Axis and Alice at one point. And that wasn't even that long of a game. We played what for like four hours? Yeah, that was four hours. Yeah. That that made it, it did make me realize how some ideas, though they are fun, might be better as a video game. Yeah, you know, I wonder how Axis and Allies would translate to a video game setting. I wonder if they the answer is very well. Have they done it? I mean, they did in 1998. I have the CD. Wait. <laughs> Pause. Hold on. What do you mean that they did it back in 1998 and haven't done yeah. it since? Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, okay, it's on so they... Steam. Holy shit. Okay. Sorry. I, I, I'm like, I'm shocked I have not heard of this. Yeah, so it's actually a really good version of the game because you don't have to calculate a single thing. It's the basic version of the game, but... It goes relatively fast that way. I remember I had a friend uh, that I used to play it with, and we could, like, knock out a game in, like, an hour Mm. and actually finish the game. Or, like, you finish it, like, an hour and a half or something like that. And it was was much quicker to play. It's kind of funny because they had that, like, basic board game version of it. And then later on, I think in 2002 or something... I forget exactly when they did a they did a follow up with it, which was an RTS, like a real time time strategy game. I feel like that it would be at home like that. I feel like that's kind of where it belongs. You're right. I loved that game when I was playing it. It was was it like a real such a great thing, or was time. it turn based? Um it it had it had a uh, it had two things it did. It had the the turn based strategy map. And then you would do the RTS on the little each province. So it could be a really long game if you're doing like the whole campaign, but you could just do skirmish matches if you wanted. Mm. You could do like a short battle between this city or this this border or something like that. Yeah, and that would just be for the province and such. And buying the units on the, the main map would be how you would... Uh, reinforce like you get extra troops to start with Mm -hmm. in the rts mode yeah that sounds like fun i'm actually going to look into this digital version of axis and allies because this might actually be what i'm looking for for an axis and allies scratch that itch because um i think honestly just the ability to save your game and come back to it would be like monumental for a game of axis and allies since the game is so massive and it's so hard to keep track of every little piece, just the ability to mm-hmm. digitally save everything makes makes the most sense in the world to me. That makes people... Yeah. Yeah, uh, honestly, it just makes it just so much easier to play. It's really fast. It, everything's calculated in its own way. And you don't really have to worry about setup or cleanup. It's just drop. you can pick up and go if you want. That's actually a good question, though. How do you feel about board games being translated digitally? Do you feel like do you feel so, like it would be good for all games? Do you feel like there's like a there's a line somewhere? 
Well, here's the thing. I feel certain games are better to be just a digital version because if there's a lot of background calculations, like you have to do math with this, <laughs> then Ugh, a lot of those type a lot of those types of board games just come down to who can do math better and or who can do math faster than others. Yeah. Or you're going to have that one person who's sitting there actually writing out algebra equations or you know trying to do the math what is statistically the best option for them to do and that can just for games like that it's better to have that translated in digital medium now things that are more tactile things that are more like you use your hands with i feel those are better in the board in the actual board game medium like splendor Mm. that's something i feel is good that way or clask which is the little air hockey one yeah, like those games wouldn't really work as well in a digital medium. Almost like the game, like, hmm, I'm trying to think what makes them special though. Because like if you if, if Splendor was only ever released as a digital game, it would still be a good game. I don't think I disagree with that, but there I think there is definitely something special to sitting down with your friends having a good time and just playing board games yeah I, I think it's i think there is something special to that yeah absolutely agree i i i think the only way i'd be happy if they if companies companies that release board games started to release them like a like a simultaneous digital release would be if they mm-hmm. supported both the same way because I, I think of situations where like they push one way or the other like mm-hmm. i i love dominion dominion is such a good game and i think that's like the perfect beginner game for anyone you can sit uh-huh. down and play dominion with anyone and that they can kind of learn how board games work or how like how a strategy builds around that kind of stuff i hate the digital client for dominion it's so ugly mm. it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and even though I know how to play the game and I know what the cards do, it actively, like, impedes your progress to, like, just know what you're doing. Where in the regular card game, you can glance at something and know exactly what the thing is. It's mm-hmm. so weird. Um, but, I don't know, there's some games that, like, I, I feel like digital versions just work best. Like, some games are almost calling for it. Um, do- I can agree with that. As a, I, I feel some games also use the mediums to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Like, we were playing Tabletop Simulator when we were playing that drawing game. Yeah. I mean, none of us can really draw, and I don't think any of us have any, you know, of those digital pens or anything <laughs> like that. But just because of how awkward it is to draw with it, it kind of makes it fun in its own way. Yeah, trying to get people to guess what the thing was. Like, I don't even remember what the thing was I was trying to get you guys to guess, but I have a very vivid memory of me sitting there being like, come on, guys, I know you can do this. And none of you were just, none of you knew what the hell I was drawing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess, like, the example I would use, though, if we were going to go just traditional board games, uh, XCOM the board game. Did I ever play that with you? I don't think so, and that sounds tedious. It's a lot of fun. It would work almost entirely as a digital board game. Because essentially okay. what happens is... Okay, so here's the setup for... I'll be quick, because I, I don't want to... I don't want to. I don't want this. the rest of this podcast to be 
XCOM the board game, <laughs> the podcast. Uh, the, the whole idea is you set at the table, and it's basically XCOM where, like, it's the world... And aliens are invading, and you're like the the you're like the planet police against against aliens. You're XCOM. So the okay. board is set up, and at one end of the table, you have either a tablet or a computer or something like that set up that runs this program in the background. Oh, okay. So while you're playing, it almost acts like one of those old VHS board games where like you hit play on the on the program, and it starts, and it tells you, okay. Aliens have invaded in Russia. Okay, so you, you you place alien markers there. You start doing your thing. Um, you do you do uh, you do combat and all that. And then while you're playing, it'll plant more. It'll plant more. Um, uh, what's it called? It'll plant more aliens. It'll show events that happen in the world. It's really cool. Playing it in a physical setting though is kind of annoying because like while you're pl- the game is intended for you to play it without pausing. So while you're so um, while you're deciding on things, while all of you are discussing the best option for something, another alien attack will happen. So that is that is a lot of stress. Yes, it is, and that's kind of half the fun of the game. But the problem is, is that like in a physical setting, you feel like you're like, oh, you know, we're talking and we're having fun and we're doing things, while the board, while the physical version of the board game. T- keeps tick i'm sorry the digital version of the board game keeps ticking it keeps moving so that's one i think that would work amazingly as a digital game like you have i can agree with you that. have it just as a as a game a video game as itself where just like you and your friends are playing and then things happen as you're going i mean the good thing is that means that the time it takes to play that game is going to be very accurate yes <laughs> very true very true but i mean the the win ratio of that game is not high on on normal difficulty gotcha i mean i hated uh, majora's mask which was a zelda's game which was a zelda game just because it had a timer the entire time you were playing it and it stressed me out so much when i was trying to play it that i couldn't i couldn't enjoy myself i i could not have fun playing how dare you Friendship is over with Anthony. <laughs> I my new friend is is a mask kid from Majora's Mask. Or whatever this joke is, this joke has gone down in flames. Anyway, I, I get what you mean though. We're like the stress of of having that responsibility put in front of you immediately is kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with the XCOM board game. We're like. If I told you how the game works, I don't think I think half of the half people will not want to play it because they'll be like, "Why would I want to play something that's just going to give me anxiety for like the the hour or two we're going to play it?" I mean, that is definitely somebody's type of game for sure. It's kind of my but... type of game. <laughs> I I actually do really like that as a concept, but continue. Okay, I, that's all I really had. Uh, it's. It is just something that uh, it's just that that just sounds like stress to me. Yeah, I, I feel like you know what? If I understood how to play that game immediately when I sat down, I might be able to roll with it. But it, it does it does just definitely seem some like something I would just be stressed the entire time I'm playing it. And for me, getting making interesting decisions is something I enjoy. Uh, 
having an interesting time is something I enjoy. <laughs> but enjoying the company of friends. Yeah, but being stressed while playing not 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 my biggest thing that I, I want to go for. What you don't like a challenge? Come on now, man, get good. I yo yo look, I I, I like challenges, but uh, don't don't put a timer up my back. It's it's gonna make me uh, a little upset. I hear you. I hear you. Um, actually, do you want to know the funniest part about the uh, XCOM board game? There's a okay. there's an option to play it single player. Can, can you imagine how that game goes while a computer is ticking down in front of you? What it's like defusing a bomb. That's what it feels <laughs> like. You're like, oh my god, I'm like fixing an alien invasion here, and then it's just like going all wrong over here. It's it's so funny because the first time I played it, trying to understand how to play it, I did it solo, and I'm sitting there like, this is this is like defusing a bomb. This is terrifying. <laughs> but yeah back 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 to our original topic uh i'm glad you had fun at pax unplugged they uh it sounds yeah. like it sounds like i should really go back i i had so much fun um timing just didn't line up with me personally but i'm gonna really try and make an effort for next year hey i i 100 recommend it it's it was a great time to go and i look forward to going back I know I always enjoy going to those panels that they have just because I enjoy design as as a thing in general. And this might sound like really dumb, but like the whole thing about the board game design thing got me thinking about how can I design a document better for somebody that's new so they can intuitively pick up something like what are the things that they're naturally going to have their eyes go to? Am I using like effective use of like white space and such that's a useful uh, skill that's a very useful skill mm -hmm. in all facets of life the kind of um i guess ui design is the best word i can put it for like how to how to entice people to engage with with what you're giving them exactly yeah but yeah i think that's uh we're only gonna do this uh one main topic for today uh but hey, it was a pleasure talking about it. Yeah, I could talk about board games for hours. I, I th there's so many good ones. We didn't get into the digital board games because, like, for me, I'm I'm very interested in a lot of digital board games. I love Armello. Armello to me is like such a such a fun game of RNG that makes you hate everything about it at times, but. It's, you are right, but it's it's such a fun concept for a game, which is just like a big adventure. It is, and I think it's something that would be great to go into. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you, if you want to bend my arm like that, that's fine. Um, you know what? Like, I mean, it's kind of looping back to a previous topic, not previous topic, mm -hmm. but like a little bit earlier in the conversation. Is like, I think. There's a lot of board games that are just. There's a lot of board games that are just like out of print. You can't get a hold of that. People are just like clamoring to play. And digital board games seem to be a good solution for that. Like, can you imagine? That is true. Being... I apologize. 
<laughs> like I, I'm, I, there are plenty of board games I remember as a child that like I don't know if I have the ability to play anymore in any capacity short of like buying a box copy of it on eBay. Do you have an example? Like Hero Quest. Do you remember Hero Quest? I I do not actually. It might be called HeroScape. Whatever it was. It was this. Oh, was that that hex tile? Yeah, game? it was a hex game that you played all these different like aliens or monsters or like soldiers or whatever it was like i don't know it was like me it's kind of like a battle royale in a weird way <laughs> like it basically okay. drops you in this like map and then you and like your teammates just kind of like fight for fight for last man standing um it was okay. a lot of fun but at the same time like it's a miniatures game so you buy more miniatures and you buy more of this and that and this and that I don't gets expensive. Yeah, I don't know if that's a game that like you could buy anymore, but like that is such a fun concept for like as a kid, I loved that as a concept to be like, oh man, I got all these different factions and plays them. I would love to read. Guess what? What? You were the demographic. <gasps> wow. Impressive. <laughs> I uh, I mean, I, I on a I, si- on a side note um, I do want to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I do. I do want to talk about digital board games. Yes, absolutely. But I want to. I want. I want to keep this podcast under an hour today. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Continue though. Yeah, uh, I definitely do get what you mean. I know it's actually kind of funny. I didn't really get into board games until uh, I was a bit older, though. I, I did play board games when I was younger. I did play some of those miniature board games. But I didn't start to get into board games until I started to hang out with you guys when I got into college. Hmm. You didn't really have any Before experience that, with them? Eh, I mean, I did. It's just that the people I usually played around with or hung out with or whatever just weren't as into them. Mm, yeah. So it was like, oh, I want to play this like four-hour board game <laughs> and, you know... I was pretty much the only person that was interested in doing that, so. Yeah, totally. Cause it just kind of got to the point where I was like, oh, well, I mean, I'm not going to play things that others don't that aren't interested in. But now we have so many more options that you can do. Yeah. I mean, for one, I've expanded the amount of people that I hang out with, and some of them do enjoy that kind of stuff. And also, there's so many board game stores around our area now. Yeah, totally. I mean, you expanded your friend group from one to two people. It broadened your horizons. <laughs> I um yeah I mean you have so many options digitally and in and in our area to like play board games. Short side story. Um, I won't I won't go into a ton of this, but like I did Reddit Secret Santa this year, and ah. the person I got matched with loves to go to like this board game cafe that they uh, that they attend that they uh, is nearby them. So I sent them Good Critters. Um, do do you ever play that? I I have I know I know what Reddit secrets santa is but you might have to explain that to people oh reddit secret santa basically it's a secret santa it's an online secret santa through reddit the website like they run a secret santa where you just fill in some information about yourself what you like what you dislike like what 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 you what you like what you don't like what what um hobbies you have what kind of movies you like and then the other person just gets this little questionnaire and then you send them a gift you send them like a physical gift you you mail it to them um 
okay. the person this year I got likes board games and likes this board game cafe near them. So I sent them Good Critters, which is a game I only got introduced to this year. Um, and like, I I think that is such like a good, fun concept for people to meet other people at. There, there's like a bunch okay. in Philadelphia that like I I've been meaning to go to forever at this point. Um, I'm getting on a tangent though. You wanted to talk about digital board games. My bad. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. I want to keep it under an hour. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was that was I want I like this tangent. We can stay on this one. This one isn't. I I don't want to edit too much, my man. All right, all right, fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, yeah, like I I think. Board game cafes are such a weird little niche that I think needs to expand and people would really, really enjoy. Because I, I, as far as I know, like whenever I talk about board games to people who haven't tried anything modern, they just think of Monopoly and they think of life and they think of like these board games that are fun but are well, looked at as kind of most... like kids' toys. Like, yeah. things to do with your young child, it's like, oh, this will pass an hour. When you have, like, mm-hmm. this huge, massive selection of, like, board games to touch now and, like, to try. You've got Dominion, which, like I said, is, like, baby's first board game for people. Splendor, even, is, like, a good community it's like, activity. It's like the difference between Go Fish and Poker. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But not even in difficulty. Just, like, in, like complexity and um and like satisfaction of play like go fish you just are like well things are happening while with poker you feel like you're kind of in control of it yeah that's true that's true yeah uh i know uh, another thing to think about it as well is just um how like a lot there's like a lot of games where you can just pick up for the family there's a bunch you can pick up with like your friends when you're older and there's a bunch which you can mix which is kind of nice as well it's it's something that allows people of basically all ages to have a good time with it. Yeah. And, you know, not hate each other. It's, it's great. You know what's funny? I think I think it's the funniest thing in the world that the most popular board slash card game... Real quick, what do you think is the most popular board slash card game right now? Like out of all the po- out of all the crazy stuff that got released over the last like 10, 15 years, what do you think is the most popular thing? Um, Cards Against Humanity. Yes, that is such a weird thing to me that like everyone latched onto, and I understand like our generation, but like everyone seemed to get into it. Like as far as I know, my one friend, my best friend goes to like their work where she works with people who are like from her age all the way up to like 60 or 70 and they all love playing cards against humanity it's Mm. such a weird concept that just brought a whole bunch of people together that like as a kid the the board games i was like oh yeah everyone loves checkers everyone loves monopoly now it's like everyone loves Catan, and everyone loves cards against humanity yeah, I think that's actually kind of interesting uh, how much things seem to be spreading out. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that it's much easier just to give people some buy-in or just try different things or, you know. it, it It's something that I feel 
is just positive. It, I, I can't. It's just a really generally good feeling I get from this. Yeah, board games uh, are like. Besides the fact that I did guess that it was Cards Against Humanity, <laughs> making me feel like I got some brownie points right there. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, like genuinely, it's so funny to me that like board games have become such a big part of like a social interaction with people. And it's a positive experience. Like, everyone really kind of enjoys this development of, like, yeah, we all sit around and play board games. It's great. Mm-hmm. Family Game Night was a decade a decade before when it should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does also kind of make me wonder how much of this is just because we're in a bubble. Wait, are you saying we're in the Matrix? Eh... Uh... You know, you know, it's kind of like how you surround yourself with people that are kind of similar to you and just how you kind of self-select and like how much of this is just people, you know, just because you, you know it, you know who to look for, know what to look for and you end up just meeting those more, more of those types of people or if it's because it's just like it's been gaining a lot of steam or both. It could just be both. I mean, as I, I don't want to get philosophical, but as human beings, we do like to be around people that are similar to us. But as but yeah. but as board games go, like that brings out the similarities in people. People who wouldn't people yeah. who would never talk or never know each other can get around a game of um can get a, a game around Munchkin and like play and have fun and have a good time. People get that's that's the beauty of D and D. D and D brings people together. A game True. that originally I mean, was blamed as satanic and devil worship now brings the world together. Yeah. Or like uh, how I got to know a few of my coworkers better just because we played Red Flags. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> General concern noises. Nah, nah. It's just kind of interesting because you know people you usually don't hang out with you, you end up end up being able to have a fun time just uh, for a random experience and it can be fun. Yeah. But board games are think, a positive uh, thing. <laughs> well, I think I think that's where we're going to end it off to, for today. On board games? On a, on a good, uh, yeah, on a, on a good note. Okay, I'm good, I'm good with this. Okay. Okay, oh I haven't even talked well, about my hey. Kickstarter board games. All right, we'll save that for another time. New <laughs> topic later. Oh, we have so many more stuff we could talk about board games, but we're going to stop for today. Yeah. Well, hey. We did fill it in. With something. Yeah.